He is an environmental advocate and campaigner. His name is Angus Robson. We occasionally clash swords and have a bit of a joust here on the country, but I do appreciate his opinion, and surprisingly, we sometimes agree on things. And Angus, we agree on this one, the need for pest control in our native forests. And Bush, because you reckon this is costing us, as a nation, a lot of money. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the country. Thanks, Jamie. You're talking about deer, goats... I guess even what wallabies now, are we? Yeah, wallabies. Um, those are the big lot. Um, yeah, what, what this is about is we've got a huge forest estate, uh, native forest and um, re- re- you know, regrowing forest. It covers about a third of the country. And it's got two things going for it. One is an immense amount of carbon is locked up in that forest. Um, the difference between a forest, a mature forest and a pasture is give or take 200 tonnes of carbon to he- uh, per hectare, which in today's market round numbers is about $20,000 worth of carbon. And we've also got our identity. Uh, a huge amount of New Zealand's identity is built around the waterways, which you know I've been trying to uh, you know, conserve, and also the native forest. So if we lose those forests, which we are, to very large-scale predation from particularly deer and goats, we won't have the carbon uh, and we won't have the native forest either because if you take the deer out too late or the goats out too late, you don't get forest back. What grows back is uh, our invasive weeds. A good example of tree privet, uh, Taiwanese cherry. They are what you get instead of your native forest if it goes too far before you try and save it. And so I'm concerned that we don't do enough uh, deer and goat control. I think one of the big deals is working in with the hunters. I'd love to be able to work in with the hunters so we all got what we needed at the end of the day. Because uh, the hunting lobby is a big lobby, not only in this country, but right around the world. And, you know, I've just come off the Milford track, and there's be fair to say there's a lot of work going on for some of the smaller uh, pests, I'm presuming, you know, like ferrets and stoats and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but the big ones, is the only way to do that by air? Do you have to do that by helicopter using those um, heat scopes or whatever the hunters use? So it becomes like shooting fish in a barrel. It seems to be far and away the most humane way. Uh, I don't think anybody would like to see deer or goats killed with 1080. Uh, and it's also uh, very effective. Like they can cover a lot of ground. A lot of uh, this forest where the predation occurs is deep, a long way away from where people would regularly go to hunt. You know, they're likely to one hunter going far in there and um, doing any real control of, of, of deer is pretty low. So I think that covering a lot of ground, these guys can shoot up to 100 animals a day, um, you know, per, per crew. I know of guys that are doing 5,000 a month and they're just not making any kind of dent in it at all. Um, I know a guy uh, up in the Ruhinis who um, converted 350 hectares of his uh, land over to New Bush trying to do the right thing there and in the first year he shot 500 deer on it so these are astonishing numbers and they just show how big the problem is and you're not going to get it I don't think with all ground based methods
Hey, I'm going to get you back on the show in a few weeks because I've got lots of things I want to ask you, but I just want to finally ask you about this. Let's move from our native forests to our exotic ones. Carbon farming is a very topical issue at the moment. I'm against it uh, when it comes to the blanket planting on good pastoral land. Is this an ecological disaster waiting to happen on our own doorstep here? And I'm talking about things like forest fires, pest, predation in the future. There are people who know more about this than me. My my observations are that eventually if something gets dry enough and it's uh, joined up enough, it will burn and a hell of a lot of it will burn. And we witnessed that in other countries with big forests and there's no reason at all why we should expect any different, especially in the coming 20 years. So I have big concerns that we we think we've saved some carbon, we've paid out the money on it and then it all burns up anyway and we we lose everything. So that, but I also have a bit of an objection to paying our carbon taxes out overseas. I think we've got little enough uh, research and development funding here to really address our own carbon problems now without sending, like the, the carbon money in my view ought to be a bit of a closed loop. We spend it on tax to save it on methods of locking it up. And if we send it overseas, we're, we're not really getting either. Absolutely agree with you. Angus Robson, look, I'm out of time. I want to get you back because I know you've got some really interesting ideas on large-scale carbon capture, and I want to go down that, I was going to say, rabbit hole talking about pests, but it's not, <laughs> it's not a rabbit hole at all. I think you add some uh, interesting thoughts to the conversation. Thanks for your time and thoughts today. Terrific. Thanks, uh, Jamie. Excellent. 